Hey, it's good to see you today. My name is Philip Thomas, pastor of Journey here in Elgin, Texas. I hope you had a good long weekend um, for Memorial Day and took some time to reflect and to be thankful for the freedom that we have and uh, remember the, the high price so many people paid by giving their lives uh, for our country. We certainly should never take that for granted. But we are, are back and getting started uh, with our continual journey through scripture that we go in a chronological order. Um, we are into the book of Acts right now, and we are going to be looking at Acts 13 through 15 today. All right, Acts 13 through 15. So we got all the way to the point that we've had Saul's conversion, um, and now uh, he has uh, spent some time uh, up in Antioch, and he's been with uh, Barnabas, um, and now he is going to begin his first missionary journey, that is, he and Barnabas. Um, and so starting in uh, chapter 13, um, we see uh, the, uh, the beginning of this uh, first missionary journey. Uh, the church there in Antioch had um, called certain prophets and teachers, so there were kind of five um, leaders that were there, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, so very likely he was from Niger, maybe from Africa, very possibly that he was black. Um, Lucius of Serene, uh, Manahan, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, so he was probably a house uh, servant um, um, at, uh, for, for a long time, and many times that slavery was different then. There were different aspects of it. There were some who were brutal and horrible, um, but you could be a slave and, and actually have a lot of prestige, uh, especially if you were in an uh, important household, which Herod the Tetrarch was. Um, so more than likely what had happened is he had been freed, um, So, but looks like he had that background. Uh, and then you have Saul. So we have a, a very diverse group uh, of people here. Um, says, uh, as they ministered the Lord and fasted, uh, the Holy Spirit said, separate Barnabas and Saul for the work I've called them. And so then they begin their missionary journey. Um, so they go to Cyprus, which is an island, um, and they, they sailed to Cyprus. Um, and they would their kind of pattern would be that they would go to the synagogues first. That was the easiest place to go. And again, remember, they... They were reaching out to Jews and to Gentiles. Uh, this is the first real overt reach out to, to Gentiles, um, but they were not opposed to that. But again, they didn't see this as replacing Judaism. Um, this was um, just a, an extension of it. Um, unfortunately, um, the, many of the Jews were pushing back. So the, Paul and Barnabas would go to the synagogues and begin the message there. Um, it's, you have lots of interesting interactions that happen on these um, stops. Um, in this one, they go and they uh, find a sorcerer who is named Bar-Jesus or Elamas. Um, and the, the sorcerer was uh, kind of pushing back. Um, and and a, the proconsul, so the, the Roman authority there, was actually starting to listen to, to Paul and Barnabas um, and uh, this is where Saul is beginning to be called Paul. Why is that? Saul was the Jewish name. That, that was his Hebrew name. Paul was his Greek name. So now he's going to be referred to as Paul. Um, and this is what they say whenever they confront uh, Elimas or Bar-Jesus. 
says, O full of all deceit and fraud, this is verse 10 of chapter 13, O full of all deceit and fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? And now indeed the hand of the Lord is upon you and you shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a time. Um, and isn't that interesting how forceful they were that um, for those who were trying to pervert the ways of the Lord, uh, they stood up forcefully against that um, and, and, and rebuked uh, him. And then you have uh, them at, uh, at Antioch. Uh, this is a, a different Antioch in uh, Pisidia. Um, and Paul, they, they sail and they get there. Um, and they, again, they go into the synagogue. They sit down. They begin uh, teaching. Um, uh, Paul stood, stands up. He says, men of Israel, you who fear God, listen. Um, and then he starts to go through the Jewish people's history. Again, he's trying to connect them um, to uh, the, the Messiah, to Jesus. Um, says, uh, verse 36, For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep, was buried with his father, saw corruption. But he whom God raised up saw no corruption. Therefore, let it be known to you, uh, brethren, that through this man is preached to you the forgiveness of sin. And by him, everyone who believes is justified from the things for which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Um, so again, connecting with, with uh, the Messiah, with David, but David has fallen asleep, right? David is, is dead, uh, but the Messiah is, is living. Um, and uh, it says, verse 43, Now when the congregation had broken up, many of the Jews and devout proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas. Uh, speaking to them and persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. Um, so on the next Sabbath, um, many people show up. And this is interesting. This, this is when the trouble starts, verse 45. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy. So in, in a sense, what they saw is, hey, we've been telling people about God and look, no one showed up. And now these new guys come and they they're talking about the Messiah and look at all these people showing up and they were jealous. They were envious. Um, and so they began uh, to really uh, push that they were blaspheming. Um, they opposed what Paul was uh, speaking, uh, but Paul and Barnabas uh, grew bold. Right? There are times we have to be bold and stand up for the word of God. And uh, it says it was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first. But since you reject it and judge yourself unworthy of everlasting life, behold, we turn to the Gentiles. Now, that's a pretty strong statement that, uh, that you have re you're rejecting the eternal life that comes from, from Christ. Um, and, of course, they're uh, giving a verse there in Isaiah. I have, set, uh, you as, sent, I have set you as a light to the Gentiles that you should be for salvation to the ends of the earth. Right, again, connecting this back, they keep trying to connect it back to the Old Testament, um, but the uh, many of the, the Jewish leaders and, and Jews of that day did not accept. It says, uh, verse 48, Now when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. Um, and so they began to, to grow. Um, verse 50, But the Jews stirred up the devout and prominent women and chief men of the city. So they just wanted to cause chaos, and, and they succeeded. Um, so uh, verse 51, that they shook off the dust of their feet against them and came to Iconium. 
So Paul and Barnabas now have been pushed out of, uh, of that Antioch. Then they go to I- Iconium. Um, but there you have uh, the, the unbelieving Jews, the, those who did not believe this message. They stirred up the Gentiles. Um, so there's uh, constant groups that are now battling um, and pushing back against Paul and Barnabas, um, trying to, uh, to cause chaos where people will not hear uh, the message. Um, it says in verse 4 of chapter 14, But the multitude of the city was divided, part sided with the Jews, part with the apostles. Uh, and then there was a violent attempt. Um, um, and so Paul and Barnabas, uh, they uh, leave to go to Lystra and, and Derbe um, and continuing preaching the gospel. They, and again, they would be at these places for a long time. It's not like they'd go in for a day. They would be there teaching and preaching um, and clearly making an impact. Uh, then you have uh, them go to Lystra. Um, you have idolatry uh, very clearly uh, in Lystra. In verse 9, um, they heard Paul speaking and, and observe, uh, observed him intently. Um, and with a loud voice, uh, Paul, uh, Paul, I'm sorry, I got ahead of myself. Um, right here at the beginning, Paul heals a cripple um, and said, tell, tells him to stand up on your feet. He left and walked. Now, when the people saw what Paul had done, they raised their voices saying, the gods have come down to us in the likeness of these men. Barnabas, they called Zeus, Paul, Hermes, uh, because he was the chief speaker. And so they attributed Paul and um, Barnabas, what they were doing to their gods, right? their pagan gods of Zeus, the Greek gods. And of course, Paul and Barnabas were uh, incensed at this. They tore their clothes um, and they said, starting in verse 15, um, men, why are you doing these things? We also are men with the same nature as you and preach to you as you should turn from these useless things to the living God who made the heaven and earth, the sea, and all the things that are in them, who in bygone generations allowed all nations to walk in their own ways. And nevertheless, he did not leave himself without witness in that he did not, in that he did good, gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts and food with gladness. And with these sayings, they could scarcely restrain the multitudes from sacrificing to them. Now, this is really interesting because the pagan gods were basically built around the elements and nature um, and representing different aspects of nature. Um, and so what Paul and Barnabas are saying, listen, that is who God is. The, he is the one true living God. The, all these others are false that you have created, uh, but he has created uh, you. Um, and then... Um, as they're making a difference, uh, of course, the Jews from Antioch and Iconium come and they uh, <laughs> um, stone Paul. They thought he was dead. Looks like this may have been a miracle that God allowed Paul to live, um, supposing him to be dead in the verse 20. However, when the disciples gathered around him, he rose up and went into the city. Um, right? So he was, uh, was, was not killed uh, by this stony. Um, and then... Uh, Paul and uh, Barnabas, they kind of make their way back. Um, and as they do, they stop, stop at the places that they had already been and encouraged the converts. Again, this is taking months. Um, it says, and when they had preached the gospel to the city and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith, saying, we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. 
right? So they didn't see these tribulations and these difficulties as uh, kind of stop signs to stop doing what you're doing. They were actually signs that what they were doing was correct um, because they knew that they were going to have to suffer just as Jesus suffered. Uh, so it was a totally different mindset. They, they were not trying to avoid conflict. They knew that conflict was going to happen just because they set, preached and taught what was true. Um, they didn't seek the conflict. They knew that it would come um, just by speaking the truth, which is also true today. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, then in Acts 15, we have uh, a major conflict. Um, what you have are you have uh, kind of pharisaical Jews um, in Jerusalem that are concerned that all of these Gentiles are converting um, to Christianity or following the way, um, but yet they are not following the Jewish law, specifically circumcision. Um, and so they have a debate on, um, you know, should you get circumcised in order to join? There were groups of, I mean, in order to become Jewish, you had to get circumcised. Now, you know, that we, we want to do things that are right, but I, that, was, that should definitely be something that's talked about. Um, because if you're an adult and that's the part of the requirement um, to convert, um, you, you may have second thoughts. Um, right. And, and so what is the goal here? Is the goal here just to get converts or is the goal to have lives that are changed by Jesus Christ? Um, and, and so that is what the conversation was about. Um, you can read through chapter 15. Uh, first verse says, unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. Um, and that, that is what many were starting to, to say. And Paul and Barnabas were very upset about this. Verse 5 says, Some of the sect of the Pharisees who believed rose up saying, It is necessary to circumcise them and command them to keep the law of Moses. And then Peter says this in verse 7, Men and brethren, you know that a good while ago God chose among us that by my mouth the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. So God, who knows the heart, acknowledged them by giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he did to us. It made no distinction between us and them, purifying their hearts by fire, by faith. Now, therefore, why do you test God by putting a yoke on the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved in the same manner as they. Uh, powerful that for Peter to stand up and say that, and they continue to, to discuss, and, uh, and Peter uh, kind of concludes, uh, he says, uh, verse 18, known to God from eternity are all his works. Therefore, I judge that we should not trouble uh, those from among the Gentiles who are turning to God, but that we write to them to abstain from things polluted by idols. That's obviously a Ten Commandment from sexual immorality, right? Because the, they were they were introducing a new sexual ethic, uh, a biblical ethic. It was different. Sexual norms in ancient Rome were similar to our secular sexual norms. And uh, they were saying, no, we have a different one. We follow the sexual norms uh, that are found in scripture. Um, and so that was one of the conditions that, you know, Gentiles, they don't have to uh, follow the um, ritual of circumcision, uh, but they do have to quit um, eating things from idols, sexual immorality, um, and then same from eating uh, blood that was you know, kind of sacrificed to these pagan uh, gods. It says, verse 21, for Moses, had, 
has had throughout many generations those who preach uh, him in every city being read in the synagogue every Sabbath. So that is what they began uh, expecting, and uh, they did not require uh, circumcision, um, but rather that you accept the Lord Jesus Christ, um, that uh, eternal life comes through him, and then you stop doing pagan things, um, right? And that includes sexual immorality. Um, that's important as we uh, battle rapidly changing uh, sexual um, uh, agendas and ideas uh, today. Um, we need to hold on to that biblical sexual ethic. That was something important, um, and that is not something that we let go uh, in order to make it easier for people to come to know Christ. All right, so that, that's going. we're going to stop there for today. Um, next uh, Tuesday, we're going to be in Galatians. Let's do Galatians chapters 1 through 3. Galatians chapter 1 through 3. So now we're going to be interspersed in Acts, uh, the letters that Paul would write. Because remember, he's going to different places, and then he writes letters to them that make up the bulk of the New Testament. Um, and so that so we will be interspersing those uh, in uh, as we go through the gospel, or not the gospel, uh, the, the book of Acts. So for uh, Tuesday, Galatians chapter 1 through 3. All right, have a great weekend. We'll see you then.